to the bare naked abcs where we discuss every song from seven to y so i guess that it was only a matter of time before we got to this one tonight and uh we we will have aaron and stefan back at some point but once again it's a matter of time exactly it's a matter of time uh there there are just crises that are going on and we're taking care of them and, and they will be back um but we do have a guest tonight, so it's not just Jeff and I talking. You're off. <laughs> we are welcoming back a very, a very uh, fan favorite of the program, Trevor. Hi. Woo. Hey. Hey, Trevor. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> fan favorite. It's always a pleasure. And you chose this song tonight, Trevor. I did. You, you wanted to come back and talk about Matter of Time. I did. Oh, by the way, we're discussing the song tonight, Matter of Time. Time heals when both wheels slide off the shoulder. The car flips, your heart skips, and I'm sad and sober. I forfeit to you for the moment, swore this wasn't gonna go bad. More fits, guess it was a matter of time. Um, which is off from Silverball, the the album that uh, has very low ratings for me so far. So we'll see how how tonight goes. We'll see if this one can can change that. Yeah, I came on thinking I probably had to defend it. <laughs> <laughs> You may have to. We'll have to see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, this is an Ed song, completely Ed. We don't have Aaron to give us our breakdown tonight, so who would like to start talking about this song? I can give you a I bit think... of a breakdown if you'd like. Um, if you would like to, I would love to have that. All right. Break it down. Probably not as in-depth as what Aaron would do, <laughs> but um, it is in the key of E major. From what I've seen online and what I kind of tested really quick earlier today with uh, a metronome, it's recorded at around 182 beats per minute, I believe. Uh, one of the things I love about this song is that the verse, uh, Ed's not just strumming chords, he's playing a little guitar riff, this little lick. Uh, so he plays the song at a capo two position. I think I mentioned a capo last time I was on. Uh, for those who are non-guitar players, a capo is like a little clamp that you kind of put on your guitar neck and it changes the key um, so he's playing a little lick there on the b and e strings um i don't know if you want to go into that but uh <laughs> yeah, so how does that happen how do, so how does that change the key and why would someone choose to do a capo instead of just dropping their hands and and doing it differently uh that way the easy answer is they don't like bar chords <laughs> that's true that's a good answer yeah so you can play why uh, I do it <laughs> yeah so you can play different uh, chord positions uh, higher up the neck so it changes the key um, so like I said this song is is in the key of E major but it's uh, the riff that he's playing on the verse is almost like a D shape with your fingers um, so he's kind of doing a little riff there on the, the B and E strings um third fret on the b string to the second fret on the e string does it twice then third fret on the b to an open uh e string does that twice back to the three and two and then the last part is a three 
on the B and three on the E. So he's kind of picking those, and that's the verse. And then the chorus, again, these are all relative to the capo. So it's uh, that open is actually second fret. Uh, so the chorus, he's playing a D, an E sus four, a D sus two slash F sharp, and a G to a D, A sus four, and then two Gs. And that's the chorus. And the bridge, uh, he's playing a G, a D sus two slash F sharp to an A sus four. He does that twice. Then he goes to a C nine and a G. Um, I didn't break down. I didn't write down the order of where things go: verse, chorus, verse, chorus, things like that. But there's also a really nice uh, banjo solo and a keyboard solo in the song as well. Yes, and I, I wanted to bring up that banjo solo. That that or is it a solo or is it just like him playing it in the back? Or I think it's probably more Kevin playing it in the background. But it, it's a nice little addition to this. Yeah, I, I think I would you know I would consider it more of a solo because it only comes in at that one part. You don't really hear it too much the rest. Mm-hmm. And I think it I, I could be wrong. This song or this album in the liner notes doesn't break down um, each song, but just in right. general, I think it Ed is credited as banjos in this album. So it might be Ed, I think. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one they don't break it down each song, which is unfortunate. But what I like about well, the song whoever's is where doing they, the banjo does an amazing job yeah. on, on this song. Yeah. I love a good and banjo. And what I like about it is where they put it. Because this one, this track and a lot of the Silver Bowl tracks are really unique with the left-right channel. Mm-hmm. And I love that the banjo is actually tucked away most of the time on that left channel. Like when it comes in, it just kind of sneaks in on the left channel while there's still the, the synth, uh, synthy beeps and boops happening over on the right side. Which I think is really, really cool. I actually wrote down in my notes, wow, banjo on the left channel. Because I just like how you can kind of subtly hear it come in over there. And it's um, a really, really uh, cool effect. I like how you describe the synth as the beeps and boops. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big uh, I'm a big new wave fan. And I know that's uh, I know that I've seen that pop up a lot. Like when you talk about like Pet Shop Boys and Erasure, that a lot of that early analog uh, synth music was they, they had the beep and boop sounds a lot of it. <laughs> so I've seen that show. I didn't I, I didn't come up with that on my own. But but I think that's pretty apropos because it does sound like just these random or these these sporadic beeps and boops throughout the song. Mm. Yeah. More so than any other synth in in most songs so in playing with the capo yep would that make the e chord into a g like would that make the g chord into the e chord on this on this do you know so um so like f- with the capo at the second fret he's playing a d like or, or a d kind of position for that lick but because it's in that d format it's actually an e because he's capoed up to the second fret um okay so like if you were to play a D with no capo, so it would sound ca- lower, right? I guess what I'm wondering is, would you do the same thing with the same with a different spot and get it to be a G? You could, you could capo it up to. I can't think of what it is at this point, but at some point you could capo it up all the way, and it would a D chord would play a G. Are you, okay. I was, are you reaching for your guitar, Jeff? I was reaching F for sharp. mine. <laughs> I was just wondering because um, it would be, it would be it, six, it'll come it would back to in the second position. Fret? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> six, yeah, six fret would make it a G, I believe. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that later on, but I, I just had that question. I was like, how do I ask that in the, in the way? Now, at the very end, you were. I know that they mention the, the electronic violin. 
Yes. That Hugh Hugh Marsh is playing electric violin. Is yes. that that sound that almost sounds like a trumpet at the very end of this? I was I was going I was to ask the that, same yeah. question, mm-hmm. and, and I was I was hoping Aaron would be here so he could yeah. answer that for me, because uh, up until I looked into this song for this episode, I for the the entire time listening to it assumed it was like an electronic trumpet because it didn't sound like like a regular trumpet, but I thought that's what it was. Yeah. But in in listening to it over and over again. Uh, this week, I think that is what the electric violin is. Okay, I was wondering. I was like, well, I, I guess so. that could be an electric violin. It just sounds very much like a, a electronic t- trumpet or or a synth yeah. trumpet. Yeah, which. So. Um, you know, he, Hugh Marsh did a great job playing it. No disrespect, or anything. But I actually wish it was just a horn part. <laughs> like the whole time I've I've heard it, I I heard it as a horn part, and I wished it was just regular horns. And it's not that they didn't have horns on the album. They had uh, like someone play saxophone on somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> written down uh, in my notes. Yeah, somewhere. I jotted down horns in my notes too. But as I was listening to it, I'm like, I don't think that's it. Does it doesn't sound like a pure horn? No. So yeah. I think that is the electronic violin. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and they're not and horns aren't even given as a credit for this song. No. Um and we were just talking about one recently where the horns were I was like are those really horns because they don't sound like horns. Yeah, I was looking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Right. You were, yeah, you were talking about that on that episode and I I felt the same way. I'm like it I want the horns to be real if you're going to bother doing it. Uh and it's not that they couldn't get all, like um I found it in my notes. Perry White, not Barry White, Perry White, uh, <laughs> plays saxophone on Passcode on this same album. So it's like they, it's not that like they haven't had horn players in the past. Like I said, Hugh Marsh does a good job. It sounds really good in the song. But for me, all these years I listening to it, I thought it was electronic horns, and I wish they had just done real horns. But Yeah. And, and that's me. I, yeah. Anytime I get electronic anything, I'm like, oh, I would have liked to have heard that as yeah. just the real thing instead. And, and, and as a huge Horns fan, you know, with any of the music I listen to, that would have been a preference of mine. Ed sings this song differently. Yeah, at times I, at times I thought he almost sounded like Kevin, um, especially <laughs> on the verses. I heard a little bit of Kevin going on there. So he does, and he, and he seems to fluctuate with the way he's singing it. It seems to... Uh, um, there are moments where it's it's definitely pure Ed, and there are other times where it sounds like it's not. So he's doing some, I think, some changing in the way he's singing it to to uh, pull off a different effect for this one. And, and he's actively trying to, and I, he, and yeah, I think oh, yeah, that yeah. he's yeah. succeeding at that. Um, it's funny because on the track-by-track track on Spotify, um, Ed actually brings up that he was actually trying to sing this very tenderly and and relaxed um and his son lyle actually told him that he sounds like robin uh kermit the frog's nephew uh but in a good way (laughs) they call me sir robin the brave and history one day will rave i'm valiant and daring and noble of bearing courageous and gallant a mountain of talent No wonder folks curtsy and wave. I'm Robin, Sir Robin, the brave. And I was like, actually, that's how I always describe Kevin. So the fact that you went to Kevin immediately, like, I was like, yep, that makes sense. That's funny. Um, And 
Tyler's not playing real drums on this either. Is that true? He, I want. I wanted to ask about that. He mentioned during this the the track by track that he had a lot of fun playing with the drum machines on this song. Oh. Once again, Tyler, just play the drums. You're amazing. <laughs> I could I could see why they made that that choice for this one though. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but because it is um, it does have that synth poppy sound to it. Right. Um, the the drum machine kind of goes along with that, so I could see why maybe they went with that. But yeah, there again, I mean, I yeah, use the drums, use the horns. <laughs> you know? Yeah. One thing I did like about the drumming. Um, especially in the first verse like if i guess if it's a drum machine he's he's picking specific sounds but instead of a snare hit it sounds like it's almost like either it like hitting the rim of the snare drum or like a wood block uh which reminded me of a metronome or like a a clock ticking which for a matter of time made perfect sense and i'm sure that was part of their reasoning behind Mm -hmm. it but i really liked that uh in the drumming yeah, there's yeah, a lot of amazing. experimental sounds going on in this. Like, yeah. I do feel like it was an experiment to see, you know, what we can do with sounds that they didn't normally use. It doesn't. There's a lot of stuff in this that doesn't sound like a BNL song. Yeah, um, and I I like that actually. Um, and this you might want to cut. You might cut this out. But in fact, when I actually was looking, um, just because I don't like to say things that might sound negative, but, but I was looking at the YouTube video. I was scrolling through the uh, the black hole, the forbidden zone, the place you never go, the comment section of youtube never you know <laughs> i was curious which is was, interesting because most of the bnl videos these days actually have the comments and most of them do it off. most of them do oh, it turned off, but not on the silver ball songs which is weird and uh <laughs> so i was scrolling through and um you know it was six years ago when the album came out and everything and people were talking about the tour and they were saying things like like um i'm coming to see the classics that's what you better play that's what i demand and and like really selfish sounding things like you know um you know the the real fans want the classics and this and that and i actually got legit annoyed because i agree not all the times when a band tries something new or is it going to be a hit it's not always going to be um you know uh um a a winning song that said i think a true fan would want to encourage the band to continue trying new things and expanding and don't don't rest on your laurels keep trying to put out new music and the band wants to do that too like have a little respect for the band um you don't want them to play the same anyone who's ever had to sing or play the same song over and over and over knows it's exhausting after a while and they know they have to keep doing that but they want to also keep themselves fresh and try new things and so when they do something new, I like that. I like the fact that they are trying something they haven't tried before. Um, and I just had to get that off my chest because I saw that when I was looking. I was like, oh, that is just, that's messed up. <laughs> like, well, and, yeah. and Ty- or not Tyler, Ed has actually said in interviews that each time that he's asked about the new album, he often will say, well, this is our best album. This is my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. And, he, and at one point he actually commented on it. He's like, well... Would you really want an, to get an album from an artist who didn't feel like their newest stuff was their best right, stuff? Of exactly, course they yeah. feel that I mean, way. If they or they wouldn't be releasing. Who it. wants so, to hear a band or an artist put out a, an album? And go, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so of course they're going to want to yeah, play right. that when they go on tour. Like that just makes sense. And I find like I, I've seen them a bunch of times live, and I find that they're they're really good at. Um, getting in the hits that people are going to want to hear, but also they do mm-hmm. often do play a lot of the newer stuff to promote the new album. And, mm-hmm. and as, as someone who has seen them multiple times, I want to hear the new stuff as well. Right? Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm glad they do that. And I feel like they've always done a good job at that. Mm-hmm. At sort of mixing 
the older stuff with the new yeah, I think that's, yeah, a lot of acts that I see will try and get, like, if they have a new album out, they're going to try and get, throughout the course of the show, they're going to get most of that new album out. Of course, they're going to get the classics in there, and a lot of times they're going to start to ease them in towards the end, so it's like, you know, maybe a big show opener and a big show ender. Because um, that's, you know, that you want to hear those songs, too, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I mean, if, yeah. I, if I go to see a band I love, I don't want to just hear them play album one. I want to hear, what are you guys doing? What's new? You know, yeah. what's fresh? And talking about like things that are new and fresh, one one thing kind of getting back to the idea of of them doing sort of different things with this song in particular. One thing I really like, and I kind of touched on it with that little breakdown, is that Ed is playing a little guitar riff for the verses instead of just mm. strumming chords, mm-hmm. which we yeah. see a little bit more in in the latter day BNL and a lot less in the earlier stuff where he's he's just kind of strumming. And I really like that they did that. Like, all, and it's one of the reasons I really like the new. Uh, single that they released, Flip. It's the same idea. Ed's playing a guitar riff <laughs> yeah. throughout the verses. Well, actually, <clears throat> by the time this gets released, is the album out? Is, <laughs> is Detour to Force yeah, but, yeah. It's amazing. Every song is great. Go listen to it. <laughs> well, they, they did, there was one that came after that, too, wasn't it? Like a Disaster? Or New, disaster. New Disaster. Yeah. New Disaster. Yeah. Which I also, I like, because I loved Flip. When I heard Flip the first yeah. time, I'm like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love Flip. But I really did like uh, uh, New Disaster, too. I mean, yeah. I'm liking what I'm hearing from this new Me album too. so I'm, far. Like I said, at this point, when you're hearing it, it's, it's come out. But uh, yeah. I... Yeah. We're in, we're in the if past If not, now. just cut that. Just cut all that stuff. <laughs> just cut that's, what, that's what the edit button's for. You know? <laughs> behind, the, the, behind the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I... I really save like that guitar video. lick that he's doing, though. Like, no. I, I think it adds to this song. And as a person who's not big into elect, you know, electronic music, that was the savior for me, was that and the banjo, because it really did kind of bring home this kind of um, almost bluegrassy-type feel. Yeah, and then, and like you said, with the, the synth and all that kind of stuff, and that it's an acoustic guitar, too. He didn't go electric, and I think it was a good instrument choice, too. Well, the well, there is there is electric in there eventually, but that um, yeah. that verse uh, riff that he's playing is is on the acoustic. Sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. There. No, 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 that's fine. Um, no, I was going to say the ending too, because when when you get to the ending of the song, I do get worried. Like, oh, this is going to be one of those repetitive, boring endings where we're just going to repeat the same thing for three minutes, and I got a little worried about that because I didn't think this song really could hold that. Um, but they didn't do that. They actually yeah. started adding the the vocal harms back in, kind of mixing up the choral vo- vocals, and then you know you kind of get that build, and then the the uh, electric violin or the horns or that horn sound comes in. Mm-hmm. So they do mix it up where it's it's fun. Like it, it gives you that one little jazzy push at the end, and I love that or bluegrass push. Um, really, really, I, th- I think I, the ending for this I thought was really um, much better than I expected it to be. <laughs> And I like that they sort of do that throughout the song. Throughout the song, it gets it's kind of starts off a little bit quieter, then they kind of build up in the chorus, and it gets quieter again with the ver- mm-hmm. like it, it, the dynamics change, but not that they're playing louder or softer. They're just adding and taking away different instruments. But I really like mm-hmm. the way that they do that throughout the whole song. And you're right, it does end with that sort of big uh, final chorus there with everything added in. Mm-hmm. I really like that. In the bridge, um, I yeah. think you know they've all, the, the whole song is experimental with the sounds that they're using. But in the bridge, like I said, um, you really notice it that whole left and right thing that they have going on. The banjo creeps in on the left, some bl- some beeps and boops over here on the, the right, um, and then you know you go into the bridge vocals and everything. And I, I the, it, it's a it's a it's a, it does it's a song that never sits in one spot, which yeah. I, yeah. I I appreciate that. Like mm-hmm. that's really cool for a song that. For on the on the bass on the top of it sounds very simple. It's not simple when you sit there and try to break it down. It, yeah. It's got a lot of complex pieces. Mm-hmm. 
Even then, it's the, like looking at a watch and and being like, "Oh yeah, it's it's a watch." And then you open up like a regular watch on the inside, and you see all the mechanisms that are kind of pulling that together. And it's a really complex system. That is a deep analogy. That was <laughs> like, really good. Yeah. So it's not just the watch; it's all the things that make up the watch. Right. Plus, very um, time and, and appropriate. So one of the things that you yeah. guys. Were, <laughs> matter of time sorry one of the things that you guys were mentioning i really want to highlight too is that they do differently throughout the song are the echoes yeah which are Mm -hmm. almost their own instrument in themselves in you have echoes of them echoing off during the the choruses um which is just them kind of repeating back whatever he's kind of saying afterwards then during the bridge you have a different echo and he's still echoing the words but it is a very soft echo from the background mm-hmm. and I, i'm gonna say it's kevin because it, it sounds like kevin yeah. um i really love that echo on the bridge where it, it just adds this extra layer of i don't know i can't put a word to it je ne sais quoi you know it, it, it there you go that was it yeah yeah <laughs> and then at the end you have a completely different echo in that they are echoing once again the the pieces and parts that they have been saying throughout the song they, they bring it back like a motif mm-hmm. which i thought was really cool and almost almost switch up the lyrical message of the song in a way right. um i was going to get to that when we talked about lyrics but yeah absolutely i love that at the end and there's even like echoes with um within the instruments in the first verse mm-hmm. it's kevin's keyboard is almost echoing the melody that Ed is singing. Yes. Which is really nice. Yeah. It's really kind of cool that he does that. Uh, it's like, I think in the second verse, he does that. Yeah. And the so one of the problems I have with this song, though, is the mix. I Is that the trouble with Tracy? Oh, the... We'll get to the trouble with Tracy in a little bit. Um, that's oh. not the trouble with Tracy. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> there's more. Um, there, there's more. Um, but the mix on this, for example, during the chorus, there are certain words that I can't hear because the the mix of that chorus is not balanced. Um, and because it's not balanced, like I miss out on the words I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, wasn't going to go bent. Hmm. For, until I actually saw the words on the screen by reading the lyrics, I didn't know that's what he was saying because that last word got lost every time mm-hmm. with the echoes that were coming up, um, which is fine. But if you're going to do that, like you have these words, like you want to balance. Did it you not use your context cues? <laughs> <laughs> like in reading, you have the context cues. Well, you, I, you had moment to go off of though for the rhyme. Well, I went off with the rhyme, but I. <laughs> I wasn't going to go bent. I couldn't understand go Wasn't going to go lent so. doesn't really make sense. You <laughs> well, know. no, I couldn't hear what it was. I was like, wasn't going to, and then like, we're, I lost we're gonna, it. We're going to see rent. I mean, I guess it would make <laughs> sense, but. It's only a matter of time before we can get tickets. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah September. Anyway. Uh, but it was, it was really hard. There are certain words that, that when they echoed, I lost from Ed, and I wish that I hadn't lost that. And that that's a producer. That's a, a mixing problem more than anything like bring down those backing vocals a little bit more so that or bring up that those lead vocals a little more i forfeit 
Till you for the moment swore this Wasn't gonna go bad more fits Guess it was a matter of time I was thinking that too. The, the mix at times on the vocals sounds kind of muddy on this song, which is really weird because I think they do so much in the mix that's really unique. Like we talked yeah. about the channel things that they have going on, the instrumental things that they have going on. There's a lot of stuff in the mix musically that I really like in this song. So it's weird that I don't know if it was a compression thing, you know, things I'm learning over the last few years making songs. I'm going to throw out those words, co- compression. Um, I don't know if it was that or just uh, something in, in the... Um, uh, you know the the uh, the equalization, but uh, it, the the lyrics do sound a little muddy compared to all the really cool stuff that's happening in the mix in this song. How were you guys listening? What were you listening on? Like were you CDs? Oh, but like CD MP3. Like what were you listening on? Off YouTube. I listened off YouTube. Okay, which could be part of the problem too. So I mixed mine up. It depends upon like throughout the week I listen to it in usually three different formats. I'll listen to it on my computer with the regular speakers. I'll listen to it the computer with my headphones in. Listen to it in my car um, as well on, on the car speakers, okay. which are the best speakers that I have out of all of them. Um, that being said, like I will mix it up also which media I use. So I'll use either my iPod. Mm-hmm. the the actual disc or the um or the YouTube video. Did you get the disc? I thought this was the one you didn't have on. This CD. is the one I don't have. Yeah, I bought the disc. Oh, did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't continue <laughs> to call myself a fan and not have this disc. That's good. I'm glad you got it. I just, I, I recently, like, actually, just perfect timing, right before. Not right before, but I guess a couple weeks before this, I finally got a copy of Silver Ball on vinyl. And Ooh, I, I yeah. find there is a difference, yeah. especially it's, listening yeah, to the I'm vinyl sure. with uh, with headphones on. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I listen to that mostly for this. But I, I do agree with what you were saying about the, the mix from prior to that, listening to it. I agree that the some of the... Um, you the, you the make a really good point. That's something muffled. that I hadn't really thought about until like four years ago, Trevor. That's a really yeah. good point. And, I, I, you know, and I've always known that there are subtle differences in the medium that you listen on, whether it's a CD, a tape, or a vinyl especially. Um, mm-hmm. with the sound quality and some things are mixed to be presented on those certain exactly. mediums. Yeah. I know that like, uh, I once had a, a song, I have a lot of my songs are produced by someone else. Um, when I make music, you know, I, um, I have a producer that, that does the instrumentation and the mix mm-hmm. and the master and I uploaded it to YouTube one day and within minutes he DM me and said, take my name off. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's not my mix. And, um, you know, I realized that sometimes the process of even uploading it, we get so used to this digital age, but sometimes in the front, I've noticed it recently now too, you upload to YouTube, something happens to the sound and the mix. (laughs) And that's very true too, that, you know, you're like, I listen to it on YouTube. That's probably the worst way to listen to a song. And you're (laughs) you're right. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure on vinyl, the song. Like there was a, there was a noticeable difference. Like I, and I, I've sort of always heard this that the you know, vinyl sounds different. I was like, oh, I don't really know. And then at one point, I got the White Album by the Beatles yeah. on vinyl. Listen yeah. to that, and went, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what this is supposed to sound like. <laughs> Which that, that that album was designed to be played yeah, yeah. on vinyl. I mean, that was so yeah, right. I became a believer then. That, oh, there is a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have people tell me that all the time because I'll order new albums. I'll yeah. order they um, did MP3s or order CDs, and they're always like, why aren't you getting vinyl? I'm like. Because I don't have a record player, and I, <laughs> I feel like at my age, I don't know that's a big investment to switch over my my listening experience. But I know in my head that's the way to go. I really should yeah. do that too. Yeah, get a get a record player and get get some vinyl because 
Um, I know, I know from my, I remember one of my first albums ever on vinyl was Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. And I love the sound and it's never sounded as good to me since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. But we also have to remember like CDs are the way that most media are released that True. and, and also MP3. So they, like, I was going to say they used to be, I don't know they, if that's even the case anymore, but. Right. So, I mean, that's how they should be trying to make it the best sounding is coming out of those medium because of the fact that that's what most people are going to hear it from. Well, oh, right? I agree. I a hundred percent agree. And I, and I do agree with you that, that I, the lyrics are kind of muffled in, in some of the parts on the MP3 version and things like that. So I, I'm not saying I disagree at all, but I'm just saying I, I heard the difference. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's actually a good transition for us to go over to what they're actually saying. What are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to look to you guys a little bit because I've I, I've got some really um, bizarre ideas, I guess. Bra- of bra- what this brace song yourself, Trevor. You're going to get help from here. Um, <laughs> but... When it comes down to it, I, I'll be honest. I don't know what this song is about, and it's and I'm gonna have bizarre ideas. So I want to hear other people's non-bizarre ideas before we go down like the weird track. Well, Trevor, okay. Trevor picked this song personally, so I would like to hear his take on what this song is about. All right, before I do that, I was gonna ask you, Tracy, if you had the actual, if you knew. Okay. So that's a no. That's all right. Because I, uh, I, I don't to either. To answer you verbally, since I just did that with my head, and people can't see that. No, I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> By the way, having Trevor go first is really the cop-out way of saying we have no idea. Well, I don't either. Off everything. <laughs> um, and like I don't know. Like I said, I, I picked this song because, like I said, I, I like the way it sounded, and and this is. Yeah. I remember when this song was released. This song was released ahead of the actual album. It was one of the few tracks they released online ahead of time, and. Uh, so I remember hearing it kind of first and getting really excited for this album. And I really liked the instrumentation of it. And I think I've mentioned this before and I've been on the show. I'm not usually one to like really go over lyrics and analyze them. And, and uh, I just sort of listen to it and sing along and enjoy it and play along. And uh, But in going over this, I discovered that one of the lines I've been hearing uh, for years was wrong. <laughs> and the, it's the last line of the first verse. Uh, so the first verse, time heals... Uh, when both wheels slide off the shoulder, the car flips, your heart skips. I've always heard that last line as, and I'm sad it's over. Your heart skips, and I'm sad and sober. Mm-hmm. Which I like yes. better. <laughs> because maybe just because that's what I've been hearing for years. And I think that sort well, of changed. Well, if they would have had the decency to rhyme lines two and four, that might help. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's that muddy quality of like. Correct, yeah. Know, it, that actually at the end of that line I had the same reaction too and I kept thinking like I can hear it once I know what it is yeah. but otherwise he gets quiet at the end of his line and so you can't there's a, there's those two different interpretations it could be yeah so I always thought the line was and I'm sad it's over which when I found out what the actual line was completely changed my view on this song I thought it was a song about like looking back at maybe bad times with rose colored glasses and I'm sad it's over, you know, looking about the good times, but I don't feel that way anymore. Having heard the actual line, uh, which is, and I'm sad and sober. Your heart skips and I'm sad and sober. So now I'm looking at it and thinking that this seems to me a song about somebody who is, um, who has experienced something 
terrible. Uh, whether it's an actual car crash, which it kind of alludes to in the first verse, or maybe that's a metaphor, I don't know. Um, right. and, and the hope and expectation that time will heal, right? It's that time heals all wounds, and it hasn't done that. Like the, the right. time, right, time heals of both wheels, car flips, your heart skips. I'm sad and sober. Nothing's numbed that pain yet. He's still sad. I have no idea how the chorus fits into that. And then, <laughs> but I think that second verse has a similar feel to it, right? Time flies and goodbyes pile up behind you. You release, you make peace. So again, getting kind of over that that horrible thing that's happened, you, you, you think we're over, then they come back to find you. So it's not really over. That sort of disappointment and uh, that time heals all wounds, but it doesn't really. But again, I don't really know what he's saying in the chorus. Um, it's some interesting things in the chorus. The more fits has a question mark afterwards in the lyrics, which I'm not really understanding oh, why. on the actual lyrics? And the actual does? lyrics really? has a question okay. mark after more fits. Um, and I'm not really sure what that is. I will is. take your word for it rather than searching it. Oh, there it is. Um, and then the other thing I noticed, again, I don't, I don't know how this relates, but just in um, the bridge, when they're repeating that echo back, uh, that time, 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 time is capitalized every single time, almost mm-hmm. like time as a character on its own. Um, but I don't really know how that really fits in my interpretation of the verses. And I have no interpretation of the choruses. I don't really know. That's kind of that's my take on it. So I, I'd love to you, hear Jeff? I'd love to hear your thoughts because I really don't know. Well, I also am not someone that digs into the lyrics. <clears throat> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, um, no. I, I personally think this song is a sequel to "Tonight Is the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel," and uh, so going off. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, I agree. I think uh, I had um, that same note, Jeff. Did, did you have that like, same note? This I, is the sequel. That whole to first verse, yeah. like, really sounds like mm. it is a, a. Turns out he actually re- he actually survived the crash in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the person survived it, but um, or it's him coming back to the thing about his brother. Yeah, mm. that's true. Although I I could also see, um, and I did jot this down on my notes too as I was listening to it because be off. It also could very well be a Steve song. Um, okay, so look, I'm not nuts because that was my. You that wrote that too because it does feel like it could be a Steve song, um, and so the where I went with it is it's in, along the lines with what Trevor said. I do feel like it's a song about how time is supposed to heal all wounds, but it doesn't always, and the past keeps coming back to hit you just when you know um, you think everything's going okay and then it all wrecks again. You're all wrecked, and I feel like I like the line and I'm sad and sober. That's actually how I heard it. Um, in this case, I didn't always get all the lines, but I did get that one. You um, win. And there's kind of maybe that little bitterness there that Ed is saying that because Ed is the sober one, whereas mm-hmm. not everyone in the band was. And um, it's me and tactful. And uh, so, and I'm sad and sober. So here I am sitting here, you know, I thought I was doing everything right. And, and um, but I'm, I'm sad and sober and everything has wrecked again. And I forfeit to you. For the moment, swore this wasn't going to go bit more fits. More fits, I kind of feel like it's like a temper tantrum. I'm kind of feeling fits is like um, a fit of rage kind of thing. Well, and see, I think that's um, interesting because ra- ra- I actually had past. that. I actually had that down as like a double meeting because it, you know, and looking at it through that lens of like this is the grief cycle. And most yeah. people think grief is a, a linear thing, and it's not. It's cyclical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you yeah. think you're over it, and then no, it comes back and it hits right. you again. And 
this is on Silverball. You know, he we listened to you know the song from uh, Grinning Streak, and it sounds like he's over what happened, and, and he seems like he's getting better. And this almost comes back, and it's like, um, well, maybe I'm not over. I thought I was over mm-hmm. over these things that were upsetting to me. Well, a matter of time, I feel is a double meaning too, because a matter of time is often used as a soothing, a uh, cathartic line. Like, hey, it's just right. a matter of time you're going to feel better. In this case, he's using it as a, as a double entendre, which is the matter of time was that it was only a matter of time before I didn't feel good again. Right. Um, mm. So I felt like that, too. I really love the half rhymes in the chorus, too. I'm, I'm... But I want to go back real quick because I oh, interrupted ahead, you, Jim. and I'm going to interrupt you again. Um, <laughs> because you said the more Story fit. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the double, the double meaning of more fits. Of, like, you were saying with the more fits of coming back to, like, that anger again and having more anger mm-hmm. moments. But also that as time goes by more fits together more starts to make sense i heard that yeah i heard that as well too but yeah yeah but also i like that question mark afterwards like well is it fitting better are there is more fitting or or is it not fitting because i expected more things to start fit together but with the question mark in the lyrics as you pointed out like it almost goes with that idea of like I thought life was starting to piece itself together and make sense, and now look like it doesn't. It, it I'm back to where I was. Right. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, and the, the only reason why I kind of fell back on that, but I like the question mark because um, was it going to go bent? You know, could also be a reference to going angry. Getting getting bent is you know mm. the meaning of getting bent can be to get angry. So it wasn't going to go bent. More fits now. More fits of anger, but I can see the double meaning there too because something that's bent doesn't fit. So it is a clever little double meaning, I think, on that, too. Like, I wasn't going to get bent, but now, you know, does this fit? Um, could also tie into the Steve thing, because people always said, and, and there again, going back to the comment section of that YouTube, you see that a lot in all these tracks. It's not Steve. It's not Steve. You know what would make this better? It was an actual quote. What would make this better? Stephen Page. And um, that has wow. to show up. That has to wow. be on Ed's mind, too. Um, you know, do we still fit as a band? Are we still someone, you know, without Steven? I could see that being uh, a reference there, too, to that. Um, I do love the line, at war with anything or anyone uh, that you're with. I really got to hand it to you for this. Um, you know, still fighting. Someone that's still fighting. So, yeah, go into that. Because, like, I find that a very angry yeah. line. Um I'm at war with anything and anyone that you're with. Well, like, is it is it I'm at or you're at? Because at the end, he sneaks in the line where. Which but, I think well, yes, a, I think does. that's important. At the very end, he sneaks in the line where with. Uh, we're at war with anything and anyone. Uh, yes, he does. With. So it does imply that, you know, um, um, the struggle's still going on, the battle's still going on. This time hasn't soothed this. It hasn't calmed the waters. I was going to say, too, and I and I maybe going off the rails to say I don't completely get what all he's saying. I do love the half rhymes in this, where he where it's forfeit, this fits, uh, with, and yeah. this. Did the half rhymes just work for me on that, too? Because I think it would have sounded really forced if you would have tried to full rhyme all the way down there. It would have started to sound forced after a while. I love that he did it that way because it really keeps that cadence going of the the chorus and i do love the chorus of this song i think it's catchy as all get out um it's another one of those songs that sound happy but i don't think the chorus is happy at all i get a very bitter feeling in that chorus mm-hmm. like he's bitter he mm-hmm. i'm supposed to feel better now this is supposed to be better and i don't and well um, and let's go back to that line that you said you really liked and i want i want to hear more from you on this because i found this to be a really bitter line i've really got to hand it to you for this 
in that when he says that, the tone of his voice when he says that is not like right. Like why? Good job. Right, I gotta, like you're, you're right, right. I gotta. I gotta hand it to you. How are you still having this much power over me? How are you still having this much control over the way I feel? I kind of take it that way. Like we're still fighting. We're still at war. We're still. Um, this hasn't gotten better. Um, there's still anger and there's still resentment. And I gotta hand it to you. Like like it's a sarcastic. I gotta hand it to you. That, oh, that's how sure. I. That's how I hear it. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess it was a matter of time before I felt like I did. You know. Back then, you know, however long this was, this transpired. Well, let's let's go to the bridge because that is if Take there's the anger in this song, like it comes out full full pell mell in the pell-mell. middle of this. I don't know. I was I was trying to come up with the word. Like it didn't come out right, um, <laughs> but it comes out full blast mm-hmm. in in well, this. Before we bridge, do that, real quick, just for I'm not going to spend much time on this, but the second okay. verse also I think is it. it oh still hints at that anger. Like, you make peace, you release, and it still comes back to you. Mm-hmm. Like, it mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, the singer of the song, Ed, or whoever he's, um, the character Sick he is, up. is saying, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be here. Why does this keep coming back to bite me? Um, why does this keep coming back to hurt me? You know, you make peace, you release, you do everything you're supposed to do, and it still comes back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Which, this could be just any grief, but I really, Could be any grief, yeah. It really mm-hmm. does, when you sit there and go... Is it possible it's Steve? It fits very quickly mm-hmm. and very easily. We, we think about the band as a band because they were a band, but then you, when it boils down to it, they were also really, they were soulmate, soulmates. They were, mm-hmm. they were spirit brothers. You know, they were close friends. And, and I think, uh, you know, I'm sure that even at this point in Ed's writing, he still has that in his head, you know, and, and, you know, you're watching each other to go through your separate motions at that point. Um, and that's got to be playing off, you know, way, the way he feels when he's writing this song. Well, and that that line, we're at we're at we're war at with war. anyone mm-hmm. and a- anything and anyone. Like we, that we, that's like the band versus you with anyone that you're with, like anyone else that you're writing with or playing mm-hmm. with. Like yeah. we're at war with right. them, and that just like those aren't calm words. Or the fans, or the or those fans that keep saying the band was better with Steve. Or the, Right. You know, all those people that are in the comment section and saying, you're not bare naked ladies anymore because you don't have Steve. They're at, in, a, in a way, they're at war with those people, too, trying to right. combat that image, trying to show, hey, we're still a legit, solid band, even without Steven Page. Do you think I'm they'll ever... I'm going way too deep into this, but... No, I, don't, I don't know. Do you think they'll ever <laughs> escape that? I feel like that it comes up all the time. Like, Do, do you think yeah. they'll ever get to a point where people... Like, it's been, what, over 10 years at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. Like, will they ever get to a point? Do you think where, where people will stop asking them that question? So I didn't mean to derail us, but people just people hold grudges for a long. I know. No, they I think do. you're right, but people hold grudges for a long time, especially like music fans, or I, you know, you, you look at. I mean, you look at fans of like Star Wars. Anytime someone tries to do a new thing, no, 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 no. You know, and it's crazy how, you know, uh, uh, art fans can get about that music that they love. I don't know. I mean, I think there's always going to be that contingent of people that are going to be like no unless steve comes back no uh-uh <laughs> and that's, well, and that's and I, sad <laughs> i think the thing that's working against them there's a couple of things working against them and i'm not begrudging them this but i think that these things honestly work against them psychologically and and people automatically make those comparisons because they kept the name of the band and in keeping the name of the band it, it led people to expect that they are going to continue to sound like that band. And that brings me to point number two, which is 
they're they aren't the same band anymore in that really i i would say fake nudes comes the closest to their old sound that any of their albums have maybe this new one i don't know it's not out yet while we're recording this um but up until now they have taken a very strong decision with their music and it sounds i would say markedly different than than their old sound and that there's nothing wrong with that there are people that actually like the band mm-hmm. more because of that change and that that's great that's cool but i think that in keeping the same name of the band that sets people up to have these expectations or sets some people no. up to have these expectations they will sound the same and when they don't they make those comparisons, mm-hmm. which then says, well, they're not the same as when they had Steve. And they're not. They're, they like they are actively different than when they had Steve. And they, I think they're trying to be different right. than when they yeah. had Steve. They're trying to be this new four-piece band. Their own band, yeah. No, and I and I think th- there are people that will say that they like Bare Naked Ladies better now, that they're the best they've ever been. There are people that say that they're still a good band regardless. I, I'm, in that, I'm in that category. I mean, they wrote great music with Steve, and they're, they're writing great music now. And the, the reality of it is, is people are always going to go into a bias. Is Silverball a great album? Is Fake Nudes a great album? Is All in Good Time a great album? Um, possibly, yeah. Um, and do they have fantastic songs on them? Absolutely. But if you're going in with that bias, you're never going to open your your ears and your mind enough to accept that. Yeah. I mean, this song is a perfect example. I think that it, maybe they were intending to do that with the, the sound of the song. This song is not old bare naked ladies, right? No. The, the beeps, the boops, the, the electronica it's, it is them trying something new, trying something different. And I think that they succeed at doing what they're trying to do, the question is, does it work for the people that are listening to it? Right. Um, and I think some people are going to really love it for that, and some people are going to be like, that doesn't work for me. Um, and, and for a long time, I was in that category of, like, bring back what I loved without seeing that, like, no, they're, they are significantly different now. I have to reframe it in my mind of there, there's B&L, the five-piece, and there's B&L the four piece and they're they're distinctively different bands and i have to like them or at least listen to them with that different expectation the same way that i have to listen to steve being steven under his own name and and being who he is i actually get angry when i see the flyers for steven saying formerly of bare naked ladies because i'm like no you're your own person and you're mm-hmm. distinctively your own sound now like I, I get why you're doing that yeah. because your yeah. managers are probably telling you you have to to get people to to right. come and see you. But like to me, I'm like no, like separate that out because you are your own sound now. There again, someone who's writing his own original music, who's writing his own stuff, but he's still going to go back to the well. He's still going to play bare naked lady songs, and right. understandably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on all that, Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we went down sorry about really that, Trevor. Well we, the, it's my so fault. I, I asked the question over the last couple weeks. <laughs> I asked the question. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> yes. No, I, I just wanted. To, I don't know. I just wanted to get your opinion on it because it, it does come up all the time. Like you said, like in comments and things it, all the time. It's you see, you know, when is Steve coming back? And honestly, um, it, it. I don't want to say I'm happy that they broke up. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But if they hadn't split when they did. We wouldn't have had the BNL albums that we have now. We wouldn't have had the Stephen Page solo stuff. And I really like 
all of it. Like the, the I, I think mm. like a, a, some of Steve's newest stuff, I think is phenomenal. Some of his best work. Um, and, and like I said, I chose this song. I really like this song. I really like the newer stuff. Uh, I'm very excited for the new album. And again, I'm what I like to see them get back together and be one big happy family again. Of course, <laughs> who wouldn't? But <laughs> at the same time, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we have all this music now. It's almost like you you get a little bit of a double um, amount of music because you get the the Steven stuff and then you get the BNL stuff. And and I I was never one to like I know if I don't know if the if this song is about them versus Steve and if it is that we're at war with anything and anyone that you're with, I was never that way. I've, I've been listening to Steve solo stuff since he split. I've listened to the, the, the rest of the band's stuff since they split. Cause for me, it's just, Oh, this is, this is more, <laughs> I get more new music from, mm-hmm. from musicians that I love. <laughs> yeah. This is fantastic. Um, so again, I, I don't, I'm not saying I'm happy that, that they're, they, you know, had that falling out and they split. Um, because I, I know it, it's not easy to be in a band and have band members leave. Um, but, um, you know, we, we wouldn't have in an alternate universe where they're still together. It's not the same songs. Like we don't get the same music. Right. Um, so anyway, that was my big giant and derail. I don't want to live in a world without Jerome. <laughs> no, right? Like we wouldn't have that song probably, right? Right. But honestly, like there's a part of me that, I don't think I would ever want to see Steve and BNL come back together, nor do I think it would necessarily be in their best interest because they have gone in completely different mm-hmm. directions with their music now, and they would have to start compromising with their music in order to in order to do that again. I would love to see them do a tour. I would love to see them yeah. each do their own sets yeah. and then come together mm-hmm. for this massive set in the middle where they do the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And Andy's back too. Yeah. But at the same time, I I want them to be who they are and enjoy being who they are. Yeah, I think the stars are that the align artistically. If we're being really fair to them as artists, they're not in the same place. They're they're happy doing what they're doing. For them to come back together, it couldn't be a forced, it couldn't be a marketing thing, it couldn't be a commercial thing. It would have to literally be Ed and Steve going, oh my God, we have ideas that are working together and let's do this. That That's the only way I'd be happy because I want, the, I, I know I'm, I'm an idealist, but I want the artists that I love to be happy making the art that they love. No. Don't yeah. make the art that I love. You know, or, or no, 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 I don't, I put that the wrong way. Don't make art for everybody. Make the art you want to make and the right people are going to be on board. Yeah. Right. Don't be everything to everybody. Don't be everything <laughs> to everybody. Right. Right. Although be that album, but don't be. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe it's just a matter of time. Um, this is another postcard. Don't be another postcard. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I like I another do, postcard. I do want to discuss the bridge. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, Sorry, yes. you were you were about to you say that, right. that I completely derailed. No, that's wow. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I get a lot of anger out of that. Um, especially the line of. Tell me, was that over the line? Like, because he says just before that, maybe it was all in your mind. Oh, tell me if that was over the line. Like, he he's even pulling himself back a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, oh, I might have just done the uh, non-Canadian <laughs> thing there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> everybody's doing just fine. We're all, everyone's good. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe it was all in your mind. I'm like, um, what is that supposed to mean? I get that feeling that, 
Ed is saying something to someone. No, it could be Steve. Could be someone completely different. That is a a, a statement that is known within that group of people of what that means. That isn't known to think. I think everyone else because it doesn't seem like a line that a, a word that or a statement that is over the line. But if he's saying that, that was kind of a backhanded slap somehow. Maybe this was uh, something that was said in a relationship, whether it's the Steve Ed thing, whether it's another relationship um, that had a personal message like, well, was it just a matter of time? Maybe it was all in your mind. Yeah, there's definitely shade in that bridge. There's a lot of shade. <laughs> there's a yeah. humongous tree throwing shade <laughs> nice on that bridge. Nice one. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Golf clap for that one. That was, that was worth it. <laughs> And, and I do like how that verse ends too, or that bridge ends with, because everybody's doing just fine. Like, at, to a certain extent, like, yes, I have all this anger, but I also have to realize, like, all of us are doing fine where we're at, and and this may be So why is there all this anger? Why are we still here? Why are we still coming back to this? Yeah. Unless yeah. that's another sarcastic line that, like that, uh, I really got to hand it to you for this in the chorus. Maybe that's another because everybody's doing just fine. Like, I, like he doesn't say that's, it that way, yeah. but maybe it's maybe it's that again, right? It, it could be that biting sarcasm. I don't know. Like I said, I, I had no idea. I couldn't figure out the the bridge or the the verse the uh, choruses. Sorry, but yeah, like I said, the only thing I've really noticed was that time is capitalized in the lyrics which i thought was interesting mm-hmm. but. and it is and and if you look in the lyrics you play that out and i'm like well maybe it's just because it's the beginning of every of the line no like when they repeat time you're correct like they repeat it on the same line and each time they repeat it it is a capital letter so there's a reason for that they're quoting pink floyd because they don't do that on the above <laughs> lines Unless this is, no, I, I just thought of this now, so it's probably wrong. Unless, unless this is a song singing directly to time and saying oh. like, "Why have you not fixed this yet?" Yeah, well, that's, oh, yeah, and, and I time like that. and time becomes yeah. a character, and um, I don't know. Like I said, that I just sort of thought of that now. But, yeah, no, I, I like that. No, I like well. that. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't have much more to add about this. Do you guys? Double checking my notes. I think I said no. everything. Because if not, then I have to bring up the trouble with Tracy. Go for it. Okay, cool. Alright, so I, I'm going to pull you guys into the trouble with Tracy. Uh, I'm going to do a screen share because the trouble with Tracy is that I have heard this song before. Um, and and, and just recently and on this same album um ed did you not think that we would notice that this song has been played before so i'm gonna play another song off this album that comes later in this album the chorus the cadence of this chorus sounds i think so much similar you guys can tell me i'm absolute nuts um and please feel free to do so because i'm sure there's going to be some i'm going to get wonderful email from people um so this is matter of time i forfeit to you for the moment swore this wasn't gonna go bad more fits guess it was a matter of time so there's that one 
And then later on on the album, Don't try, if that's what you gotta do. Don't stop, so you make the best of you. Don't try, cause I'm getting used to you. I did what I had to do. If you speed that up to the, uh, there, there's a different speed. Don't try, if that's what you gotta do. Don't stop, so you make the best of you. Don't try, cause I'm getting used to you. I did what I had to do. No, it's definitely the same. Yeah, it's definitely the same. But the cadence is almost exactly the same. Yeah, but it also, if you really listen, it does also fit into another BNL song because it also has not quite the same cadence, but it has the same feel as testing one, two, three. Yeah, it's that, I it mean, is I'm, hilarious I'm that, that you say that because my son said I'm that hearing same that in thing. It too. Yeah, I'm hearing testing really? one, two, three. And it, oh, yeah. <laughs> but the reason I asked earlier about the, the capo thing mm. is Globetrot is in G major. This song is in E major. And I'm almost wondering if oh, you play this song with the capo moved, does this song become Globetrot? I forfeit to you for the moment. Swore this wasn't gonna go bad. More fits. Guess it was a matter of time. That's what you gotta do. Don't stop. Cause you make the best of you. Try. Cause I'm getting used to you. I did what I had to do. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, okay, let's find uh, out. Here we go. So this is <laughs> so this is uh Matter Time. So the Matter Time chorus is If I go up to the fifth fret, um, go a little bit go, slower on this one. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's similar. It's the same song in a different key. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> it's like, to me, I'm like, okay, Ed, you you really simplified your your writing on this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to plagiarize off yourself. Yes. There's no rule against that. Yes, I mean, I, I, I will go back and say that that is totally acceptable. And even though the courts say maybe not on the same album though, but you know, spread it <laughs> out. Even though the courts said that that was not allowed when it came to CCR, I think that is perfectly fine. You're your own artist, but to do it on the same album, he won, he won that case though. But <laughs> <laughs> like the same album's a little too close together. <laughs> Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I hadn't noticed that. It does sound similar. I don't know if I was. I just tricky tried to look up the chords to uh, Globetrot. I couldn't find them. Um, yeah, they're not on Ultimate Guitar. I looked them up yeah. this week. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> so that'd be interesting to to find out. Because I was like, okay, I gotta check this out. Um, but I did notice that that um, when I put it into a program, it came down to a very similar one five two. And then it kind of broke away a little bit. Okay. Um, but but re- what really kind of brought it home to me is as I was singing this in the shower this week, I would start out with Matter of Time and go over to Globetrot and then be back over to Matter of Time again <laughs> throughout, like, trying to sing it. <laughs> wow. I, I, I didn't really notice that before. There, I don't know. But uh, I guess one's more at the beginning of the album, one's more at the end, and maybe enough has been between. I think I mentioned before, I'm not really a one song at a time guy. I'm a full album 
kind of guy. So maybe Wait, what was your what was your breakdown for the chorus? By the way, second fret and he plays on the D, right? So it's a D, an A sus four, a D sus two slash F sharp, and a G, and then a D A sus four. Can I share a screen a, a second? Sure. Mm-hmm. Did you find the other ones? No, but oh. I found this. Was oh. this testing one two three? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the chords for testing one two three? Now that you're saying it, it does sound similar. <laughs> and I think testing one two three is played capo two as well, right? It is played capo yeah. two. Yeah. Okay, but I can tell you that capo it's capo two D A sus four E seven G. So there's okay. an E seven J. So that's that's the difference. So it's like a difference of one chord. Yeah. I don't know. I guess if you're you know you're banned for like thirty years, it's probably hard to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, right there. So it's an A7 sus 4, e, there you e, go. e minor 7, then two, and then the, the G. <laughs> <laughs> and it's played on the second capo. Wow. Ed, we what found you out, bud. <laughs> what was the one? Oh, it was... Uh, I feel like we've just decoded something. <laughs> it was Laser Team and, uh, and Laser Quality. Team, yeah. Laser Team. Yeah, yep. that, that one I heard for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I could see them borrowing Laser Team from something else because yeah. they had to throw it together for the movie. So they're like, okay, what do we got? Uh, <laughs> I did. I did just live. By the way, I did. I, I don't know why. I woke up the other day and I want I'm like, I really want to listen to the Laser Team theme again. <laughs> and I, I was like, I do. I do like that song. It is fun. <laughs> it came on my playlist just this week, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those where you definitely enjoy it more if you've seen the movie. Oh yeah. Got, which, which I haven't, but it's just it's fun to listen to. Oh yeah. Well, you yeah you need to see. The I know. Movie. I know. <laughs> so it's okay. it's I wonder okay. if Ed noticed how similar these were. Un- completely unintentionally as well when it came to playing them in concert because we talked earlier about how they did not play Globetrot very often in concert. This song they played 49 times in concert since it was written. Something tells me that Ed was like, you know what? If I have to choose between the two because they sound so similar, like if he's sitting there playing, go, wait a minute, wait. <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I'm almost thinking that he, he made a def- a decided choice of like I have to choose between these two songs. Matter of time is the one I want to go with. I'm sure could he be. knew they were similar. But like I don't know, could, could be that. Could be that. Like I think I don't know if it was ever like an official single. But like I was saying, Matter of Time was released mm-hmm. prior to the album yeah. as like a little taste of the thing. So yep. maybe that was why as well. Maybe they figured more mm-hmm. people would know it playing it live. But true. I don't know. I'm I'm glad they did it live. That's how I saw a video online. That's how I figured out what he was playing. <laughs> I was watching his fingers. <laughs> that said, I, I never got back to it. But you did say. I mean, I, chord wise, this um, I because I've been playing for about a year now, a little mm-hmm. well, a year and a half now, I guess. Um, and I got into um, a couple months ago. I got into my 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 slow paced instruction. I got into sus chords. Okay. I love them. Yeah. I absolutely love really the sound nice. of sus chords. And then you said the C nine, the C at nine, mm-hmm. which is another. So like. This what this song does have like all my favorite chords in it. So, a, I mean, I can see why aesthetically I I do enjoy <laughs> listening to this one. Bino loves the C nine. That song's in, that chords in a bunch of their songs. Yeah, and I will say this: how, how long have you been playing, Jeff? A uh, year and a half. I love that. Well, I, I start a little about a year. About a year. I love that. I already see two guitars in your screen. If you've been playing for a year, that's <laughs> I, awesome. I, love I it. got yeah. I got the epic. <laughs> well, I had a silver tone that I had before the pandemic started i'm like you know what i gotta start playing guitar i write my own music i gotta mm-hmm. I, I gotta stop paying people so i got at the silver tone it within a few weeks of learning it fell and snapped at the neck uh, we're in the middle of quarantine i literally broke into tears i'm like i was just starting because i love playing yeah. i absolutely love just pick, picking up and playing now yeah. 
Um, it's it's huge stress reliever. So I ordered um, without even going knowing much. I ordered the Epiphone uh, PR9, which is an acoustic electric. I got it off Reverb. Nice. Because it came with the amp and everything. I thought that was a good starter oh, cool. one. As soon as things opened, I got the Epi Les Paul. <laughs> I went down to, so I was like, because yeah. I, I was like, I love the acoustic, but I said, I need to get an electric. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was great. But yeah. Yeah. So that's not BNL related. It's just, that's no, no, but we're just know, talking guitar stuff. Well, we'll get back <laughs> to BNL related. Uh-huh. Jeff, what do we have for a, a ranking this week? I went back and forth, but I think I have to go with my gut on this. And this is on a scale of zero to five beeps and boops. Beeps and boops. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I was like, did we, we talked about capos a lot. I'm like, is that really? Uh, but I think we've done capos before anyway. So We might have. Um, I, I, yeah, I think we did. I think we did capo. I think we did capo because I think I did that. I pulled that. But, um, I mean, we're at 165 songs at this point. So like, I can't <laughs> yeah. keep track. It was probably a Trevor song when we talked about capos it's before possible. I did capos. It's yeah. possible. <laughs> Trevor, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I Going into tonight, like I said, based on what you guys have talked about Silver Ball in the past, I came in here thinking I was going to have to defend it and that um, I, my goal was to raise someone's score. I was hoping like in, in talking about someone, be like, you know what? I was gonna, I've raised my score <laughs> in talking about this song tonight. Um it's just uh, I, I was kind of surprised. You guys, at least from, at least from the beginning, talking about the the music, you kind of were all on board, which is good. I'm, I love it. Um, so I was going to give it about a three point five, and I'm raising it to a three point seven. So I guess like two beeps and one point seven boops. So now we're gonna do this. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's uh, it's not my favorite on Silver Ball. I believe I'll be back for that one though. Uh, way way later um <laughs> when you get to the t's um oh dear yeah God. so it's a long it's a long ways away but i believe i'm <laughs> I believe i'm scheduled to be on it uh but i really like it i liked it from the beginning when uh, like i said it was released ahead of time i remember trying to get my band at the time to play it and they never learned it but uh i liked it <laughs> uh so yeah i'm giving it a, a 3.7 Wow. So you're going to be surprised, Trevor, actually, a little bit here. So oh. I really like this song. Really, really like this song uh, from beginning to end. I like that it was experimental. I like the crazy stuff that's happening on um, the channels. It's a fun experience to listen to this song, and it doesn't get boring. I, it sounds like a song that could get boring, but they mix things up uh, lyrically uh, You know, towards the end. They mix things up vocally, even instrumentally. We talked about the ending, how it feels like it's going to be one of those repetitive fade-outs, and they just keep tossing stuff. Um, I like that it's 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 a, it's a shade song. It's got a darkness to it. It's a fun bouncy song, but there's there's shade in this, and it's it's edgy. I love the rhyme scheme a lot. I think this is a still not sure about that two four rhyme at the beginning, but it, it works um, with with uh, shoulder and sober. But um, that would be really nitpicky. Uh, but no, I I do like this. I think there's a, 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 a this is a fun song to listen to, and this would be on my playlist in a second. I like the fun songs that have kind of a dark undertone to them. Um, whether it's a relationship that's gone sour, whether it's a Steve song, you know, um, is it quite into the force for me? No. Um, there are other songs, both pre and post, you know, the band's uh, uh, chronology. But I'm going with a three point eight on this. One. You win. <laughs> I actually went above you. I was surprised. I thought for sure I was going to be that. But yeah, I gave this one a 3.8. Nice. Beeps and boops. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I love this song. I absolutely love this song. Oh, and now it comes time for the haterade. I, I, just, I, was I, just, say. Saw, I just saw Stefan's score. Stefan DM'd his score. And I'm like, oh. Oh, did he? 
Let me yep. pull that up before we get to that. Um, he gave it a three. He gave it a three. Okay. Did so, he give any more information behind it? Above average. Uh, so he said, I l- kind of like Matter of Time, but I also kind of don't. <laughs> Something about it is weird, and I think it's the high-pitched whistle. However, it is catchy. I haven't had a chance to look over the lyrics. I like the sound to it. I'm going to rate this a three. All right. So above above average score. All right. Well, Trevor, Trevor I'm glad I wasn't. Yeah, I'm pre- glad I wasn't the lowest. Yeah, you came into this pre- preconceived, and we were. <laughs> that's well, I, that's going to bring me to the haterade. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> because Stefan's not the haterade this week, as a matter of fact. Oh boy. Um, I I think I get what they're trying to go with. Um, I I just don't like the sound of this one. Um, and it's the electronica. I just, I'm not an electronica fan. If I heard an acoustic version of this, I might like it more. It might actually raise it up to like the threes. Cause I like what Kevin's trying to do. I just don't like the sound of it. Um, and I, I don't like hearing the same song twice on one album, but that's really only a, that's just me being nitpicky. Um, I do like the speed a little bit more on this one than I do on Globetrot. Um, so that actually brought it up a few more notches, but I like the bridge on Globetrot better. Um, so would I switch to this song? Um, no, I, I wouldn't search it out. Um, it doesn't really resonate with me. It starts off really slow so like if this came on the radio i'll be honest i would switch it i don't i don't listen to this song um so i have to give it a 2.5 that's very average <laughs> that's what i feel about the song is it like when i when i had to think about it i'm like yeah for me it's wasn't that that was that was me song. with material that was me with material where i was like yeah it's an average cover right <laughs> but, yeah. so i do want to put out a really cool appearance this week i don't know if you guys have heard it it's kind of a really cool recording. As of this recording this week, um, Kevin just released "Hello, Hello" yes. one planet. Um, sounds like you've heard it, Trevor. I have. Yeah, it's really good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it with Cosmic Crew, which are two members of the the famed Sun Ra Orchestra, the wife husband team. It was for World Unity Day. I, it, it's a very jazzy number, very relaxed, very calming. Um, they're saying all kinds of different hello in a whole bunch of different languages. Um, the, it's just like Kevin is mostly on the keyboards on this, but I just I like the jazziness of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool song. I didn't like this song very very much, but you know, maybe next week I'll like next week's song more. I mean, exactly because it asked me direct directly what it's what it's so maybe about. Nice. <laughs> if you were doing a jump on that, Jeff, I was going to tell you, hey, 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 just take it slow. <laughs> but you didn't jump in quick enough, so I was like, all right, we'll leave that one. Maybe Katie. But yeah, I, so next week we'll be discussing maybe Katie. Maybe Katie. And we have a amazing guest coming in next week as well. We talked about everything to everyone a lot today, so we uh, brought that up. Um, yeah. Doesn't speak anything about you, Trevor, and, and, and you, but this is a guest that I've been waiting to have on since the beginning of this show as someone that I've looked up to for a very long time in the podcasting world, so I'm I'm very much excited to, to have him joining us next week. Nice. No wonder I like Maybe Katie. It also has a CN9. <laughs> 
Maybe Katie is a maybe Katie is a three chord song. I never noticed that. C uh, G C at nine D. There are some interesting parts to maybe about maybe Katie that I'm like I can I'm gonna be excited to talk about this. Yeah, that's a good tune. That was a good one. So Tracy, where can people get a hold of you? Well, actually, I was going to ask, where can people get a hold of you? I, I was going to say when he was anything? doing a breakdown, he was trying to take Aaron's role, but now I'm not so sure. It sounds like he might be trying to take Stefan's role, or both of them. Or both I'm just trying to get in there somehow. <laughs> where, where can he, people hear more of you, or, or would, is there anything that you would like to plug? I'm going to plug the same thing I plug every time I come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have like one album out and I keep saying I'm going to record more stuff and it's like summer now. I'm like, oh, this is the time. I haven't done a thing yet. Um, but <laughs> I've got one album out. Uh, you can find it in all the digital places. Uh, it's called Everybody at the Mall is in My Way. Uh, and I have a Facebook page, Trevor Cox Music. I'm on Twitter and as well, but mostly I just use that to tweet at Stephen Page. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's where you can find me. Yeah. Is your album on vinyl? It is not on vinyl. It's on CD, though. There you go. CDs. CDs. But also digitally. (laughs) But thank you very much for having me back. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.